This is coffee number one. This is coffee number two. This is coffee number three, and now I'm ready to talk. This is coffee number three, now I'm ready to talk! Hello and welcome to Coffee with Creatives. I am Michael DiBiazio. I am a writer and a filmmaker. And this is an interview-style podcast in which I sit down one-on-one for about an hour or sit across via screen on Skype, such as I'm doing in this episode, and interview a fellow creative about the great work he or she has created or is creating, and more importantly, how they go about continuing to create it. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for listening. If you are a long-time listener of the show, I thank you as well. I thank you big time. And there is no other way to say this. There is no easy way to say this, but you are now listening to the final episode of Coffee with Creatives, at least for the near future. This is an indefinite hiatus which is a sad occasion for me, uh, but I think also the right thing to do at this point. I am going to get you over to my guest in a moment. Her name is Natalie Sejan. She is a wonderful, hardworking, intelligent woman, fighting a good fight and helping others quite a bit along the way. So hold on for that. I don't think that there could be a more perfect person to end Uh, the show on because uh, Natalie is constantly creating and she has a great perspective and a great work ethic and I think that aspiring and working creatives alike can really benefit from hearing what she has to say and so I want to get you to it quickly. Before that, the reason for this change, it has not been sudden, I I will say that. For anyone who wants to know more about why I've decided to shut down the podcast for now at this moment, you can head on over to my site, mdibiazio.com. That's M as in Michael, D as in dog, I, B as in boy, I, A, S as in Sam, I, O.com. And uh, read my annual recap of my work and, and my work over the course of the previous 12 months on the site. My recap of 2016 should shed some light on the decision. The reasons that you see there are not the only reasons. Uh, The biggest is that time is short and ambitions are high. My ambitions and my ambitions for, uh, for you. And I think that I will be most positioned to be the most helpful uh, by taking a step back for the time being. It's not the end. It is a pause. It is a change. I cannot begin to express how grateful I am for everybody that has listened. There are many of you, thousands of you. And as always, I I wish you the best in your creative endeavors, present and future. And instead of making any jokes or droning on, I'm going to sign off and take you to my conversation with Natalie. If you want to get a taste of what we covered, you can head on over to the blog post accompanying this episode. But it really is a perfect ending, I think, because we we talk a lot about what's really important, which is showing up every day. And that's what I'm trying to do here. I, I intend to show up every day with as much as I can give uh, for my next few major projects. And what that means right now is that I have to let go of the podcast and do a little less on the blog. And I'll just close by saying that there's so much great material to review and to re-review coming from the guests on this show. So while this is the end for now, I encourage anyone who has been listening all the while or who is just hearing this episode and this show for the first time to go on over to the Coffee with Creatives tab on my site and, and dig into what my guests have to offer. I think you'll find a nice, full, robust template to follow and patterns to, to experiment with and duplicate and definitely inspiration for keeping on as an artist, no matter what your motivations for that might be. 
but especially if your motivations are to change the world for the better because my guests are doing that because they're great people. I thank you again. Thank you to all my guests. Thank you to anyone who has contributed to the Patreon campaign uh, over the course of the podcast's life. You are my champions, and I am grateful for you. I'm grateful for all of you. And with that, here is Natalie Sejan, story fabricator, filmmaker, artist, and the founder of Mentorless.com, which is an indispensable resource for people like you and me. I wish you all the best, and good luck. Well, uh, Natalie, uh, thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, so for anybody that's um, you know unfamiliar with your work, can you kind of, before we start, quickly summarize um, your primary you know, modes of creative expression and output? I know you do a couple of different things, so. Yes, so I started as a bookseller, which has nothing to do with creativity, but uh, a lot to do with input. I guess. And then I, I moved on. Uh, I started as a filmmaker afterwards. I, I learned how to edit and I learned how to write screenplays and I learned how to direct. So that's still my main uh, medium of expression. That's where I do most of my projects. But over time, I, I expanded um, what I'm doing. So I don't consider myself a a filmmaker per se, but uh, I, I title myself as a story fabricator, mm -hmm. which bugs a lot of people, but uh, I still like the title. Yeah, and uh, yeah, a lot of people are, uh, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people are, are annoyed, but I got some comments about, ah, you're trying to be cute, you're trying to be smart, you're trying to be something. And I was like, no, <laughs> it's just like, basically, so I, I do also drawings. I'm I'm very interested in audio formats. Uh, I started doing some projects in audio. I started writing lyrics for bands. Uh, I wrote a graphic novel. I love, I, I love storytelling. Yeah. So, so I I still work a lot in video because that's uh, that's where my biggest background is from. But uh, I work in on a lot of different projects at uh, any given time. Cool. Yeah, it's interesting that you started as a, a a bookseller and you talk about going from input to output. I think yeah. that's, that's how a lot of us start, right? I mean, I, I always wanted to be a filmmaker, but uh, I didn't know anything about it. And my I was in a small town. My parents didn't know anything about it. So it felt very just like, I don't know, I want to be a star. I, I, it's not that way, but, you know, very vague. And I always read books, so it felt easier to become a bookseller. <laughs> and then uh, I learned how to edit by myself and stuff. But uh, definitely reading books has been uh, the best school um, in terms of inputs and in terms of uh, meeting people who are very curious about everything and, uh, and uh, discovering a lot of different stories. It's, it's much more... Uh, I don't know. I think working in a book in a bookstore is like uh, watching a lot of documentaries. There's much more variety in terms of the way people tell their stories than uh, narrative feature films. Yeah. Uh, so how do you how do you get your start? Um, like, what does that look like when you start working in in video and visual arts and storytelling? Like, can you kind of summarize your your journey from from the uh, you know the taking information in to start to putting put it out and to the point where you're you will have more questions about the website later but you're running the website and getting your first feature together like what, what were the early beginnings like for you um sounds like maybe there's some self-teaching there or a lot of self-teaching yes i mean i don't know i it always you mean how do i start when i have an idea or how did i start it how did i start as a storyteller yeah like as a story so we're, like what happens where you where you're going from learning to doing oh that's a good question i have <laughs> uh let me think so I think I mostly learn by doing. I didn't go to school, like I didn't learn at school or anything like that. What literally happened is that for me, it started with, 
I was writing before, like everybody, right? I was writing. That's a cheap way of telling stories. And then one day I was like, I want to learn. I want to make films. Mm -hmm. So I bought, I saved money and I bought a Mac. And um, I learned how to, I bought a, how to edit for dummies because back then, you know, YouTube didn't exist. And um, yeah. and I learned how to edit on, on iMovie. Yeah. And then I moved to, and, and basically this is what happened. I, I was shooting something. I first, I, I bought what I needed, a, a camera and a computer. I was shooting something and I was editing. And what I was editing, I was like, oh, I want to do that. Okay, let me learn how to do that. So I learned how to do that and then I knew how to right. do that. And because I got these skills, the next time I could imagine something more intricate, maybe. Or because I saw something somewhere, I was like, I want to try that. But then I, 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 I'm not a super geek, so I don't know very well any program. Even though I work as a freelance editor and I am paid to edit videos, but uh, uh, I don't like, you know, there are guys who know everything about Photoshop or everything about After Effects and they know. I've, I've, never, I've never done that. I always learn what I needed to learn to tell the stories I wanted yeah. to tell. Yeah, I'm the same way. So this is really... Uh, um, I mean, it's, and sometimes I can see that this is, I mean, I love it and this is just the way I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward. But uh, I, I also, um, you know, I'm not a perfectionist and you need not to be a perfectionist to handle this type of uh, production because in a way I'm learning just to make it happen. So it's never perfect. And then over time now I'm starting to, because it's been over 10 years and, uh, and I'm starting to learn how to, develop further the, the skills I've, I've used because before I used to learn a skill and then drop it and move on to something else and then drop it and move on to something else and I'm kind of building on everything I'm learning over time so it's getting better yeah yeah I um I, I definitely relate to that I think there's like there is a certain kind of person where uh I don't know about about you but for me sometimes um what I what I feel like I've learned about myself is I, I employ that same kind of, uh, uh, mode to things because it's, you know, even though maybe it is still perfectionistic, but even though, um, it's, it's not about getting everything perfect down to the last detail. It's about like getting to the next step, um, such that things feel the way that I, I have a sense they're supposed to feel and then just keep moving. And so like, it's not just like this, like this point a to point b like finish a project thing there's this constant like um uh leveling up in either complexity or exploring some other avenues it's like it's not it's not this like completely linear or a completely in-depth thing it's it's uh because another part of another thing that i was hearing from what you're saying was was uh it sounds like maybe you're kind of an organic storyteller or like artist where you're sitting down and editing something for the sake of editing it, not necessarily for the sake of trying out the newest like um, technique or gadget yeah. that's around. Yeah, exa exactly. And actually, it's funny what you're saying because uh, yesterday I had this breakthrough, and, and I wrote, I just wrote an article about it today on on Medium. It, it's it's uh, I was looking at at things I've I've created four years ago, which are not movies. It's just little for for several months. I was giving myself a creative challenge. I'm a huge uh, believer in creative challenge, daily creative challenges. This is how I, I create a lot of um, quantity. Mm -hmm. And out of this quantity, there are some you know, nuggets that come out and that I sure. start exploring. And, um, and, and I realized that a lot of those... I, so four years ago, I was doing a post-it a day. So for one, now maybe six or seven months, every day I was drawing on a post-it. And, and it was really the first time I was trying something like that. And then when I looked at what I was I had done four years ago last night, I realized that a lot of these post-its became pages in my graphic novel. And yeah. then I realized that a lot of these uh, pages from my graphic novel became uh, moments in the interactive animation I did. And it's so like it's so funny how uh, for sure you're doing like you're having this idea, and then there is a result of you know in the real world of the idea you had in your head but more important than that almost is 
all these uh, side ideas that kind of dropped while you were in the process of trying to make this idea happen, which also happened in filmmaking. Like you're trying to do something and it's almost as important to look at what's happening than trying to get to the result. Because during what's happening, there are some stuff that are going to emerge. And if you don't take note of them, you're losing multiple opportunities to have other ideas for other projects, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, it's a balancing act. You know, on the one hand, you have a script and you have a plan, maybe. Maybe, you know, some people might have an outline, like Christopher Guest or some, or like Joe Swamberg or somebody. But uh, I completely agree. Like, it's, it's, you know, I think that everyone's going to have a different, like, threshold for it. But for me, I think I'm going further um, in the direction of, like, leaving time and space for for things to to come up or to like kind of emerge as a result of of collaboration um what else was i going to say the um oh what to to um i can also relate to what you're talking about with the um uh did you really so question like did you did you really just notice the like the parallels between those different between the post-its and the graphic novel and the animations like yeah i mean because they happen like uh so i did the post-its and then there are some moments where i was doing a drawing and i was like i like these things but i need to post so i don't have time to think about it and i was just moving forward right but the seed was planted in my head and when i dropped the post-it because i felt like I don't know, it had given me what it needed to give me, right. basically. And then a uh, few months passed, and then I started, and because I, I built confidence in drawing, even very poorly, because I don't know how to draw it, I never learned how to draw either, so, and I'm not skilled, like if you put an apple in front of me, I cannot draw it, but I can draw something that won't look like an apple. So, um, yeah, I know. And so it just gave me the confidence of trying to do a longer format, because I'm a huge fan of graphic novels, and um and then I don't remember doing it consciously. I'm, I'm not saying to myself, like, ah, use this post-it and use this post-it and use this post-it. But I had the skills to do that drawing in me. Right. And I knew it. And I think naturally I took it for the narrative of my story. Mm-hmm. And this is just how it, it, it's kind of sliding all the time. Like, I had the, exactly the same thing with, I did this year, I did a 100-day project of uh, one video on Instagram per day. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of things, you know, basically at the beginning it's okay. And then at some point you have to come up with ideas. You have to be creative because nothing is happening in your life or whatever. Like you need (laughs) to do stuff. You need to find ways to make a video. You don't have time. And it's pushing you in all different ways that are so priceless. And, And a lot of ideas I came up with during these 100 days became ideas I developed to uh, for other projects and ultimately one of the contract I got for uh, to make videos for uh, an event I like the beginning the root of this idea came from this 100 day project yeah. it's it's very interesting yeah there are two things that I want to highlight for people listening and and one is the the um the importance or like the um uh just the the positive results that can come when you just take action every day or or most days like and and you know once once i think we resolve to do that uh no matter and and get less precious and perfectionistic about it like not only will might something like that happen where you have plenty of ideas to draw upon at any point um and and not only are you scratching that um, creative itch. But, uh, the other thing that, that was the reason that I asked, um, to cl- you to clarify a little bit about the relationship between the projects is I, I think, um, so many of us are always, uh, while we're making things like when the career aspect comes in and when you have to start like talking to people or pitching or whatever, it can get easy to forget that like we're in a dialogue with ourselves and our art. And so, uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. I've, I've I've been through similar things where like I'm working on something and you see parts of of previous works and it's one thing if like a critic is sitting down down like looking at someone's body of work and like you know 
illustrating parallels and showing evolutions or sh like, or showing shifts. But, um, there it's, it's a complete other thing to be a working artist and to like do the work day by day, but also think about, um, where you've been, where you are, like where you're going, uh, in the context of like why you're doing that work and also like what you want to get from it or what you want to give with it. So it's really, um, it's a really interesting, um, point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, um, it's particularly hard for filmmakers mm. to think like that because it's a me that has anything else it's never been that cheap to make a movie but the reality is you know it's a workflow that takes much more time than drawing for instance I can draw a post-it in the subway and I can take a picture on my phone and just post it 15 minutes later uh, with films now it's possible as well if you yeah. stop getting precious about what film means to you and the idea with this type of exercises I think like are exactly to train your muscle and, and as you say like stretch yourself and keep growing and keep moving forward and it's not like to make a, a, a piece of art every day but it's like okay you have a phone you have instagram you can make a movie every day maybe you don't consider a one take 15 seconds long and now it's one minute but you know like unedited I mean although now you can you know you can edit actually uh, but it's you know it's it's um, it's intimidating for filmmakers because I think sometimes it's hard to imagine that you can make a movie a day it's not a feature film but you can make a film a day basically yeah yeah and there's, uh, you know there's there's uh, there's pluses and minuses and it's like well you know the, the the walls are coming down between like different forms of content because on the one hand if you're um if you're saying no i'm only making film for x amount of money and it's going to take this much work and this much time that's fine that's a choice um but if you're you know you can do that and get into a film festival and sell the film and it can be fine that's kind of a established more traditional way of doing things but and then on the other end you can just make you know, YouTube videos or, or, you know, use Instagram or in the past vine RIP, <laughs> but it's like, past. but, um, and, and keep doing that and build, build an audience. But, you know, there's, there's just a ton of space in between. Um, you know, we're seeing it like right now with the, you know, Rebecca wanted to do like a web series and we're just doing the simplest thing that we could think of. And it's just, um, you know, we crowdsource like random questions from friends and, and, um, you know, followers on social media and they ask questions and like the, the conceit is that Rebecca answers them as the character, Rebecca, who's like, you know, got, who's different than Rebecca in real life. And like, we shoot it on the iPhone and edit it in final cut and add a few effects and it can get done in a couple of, of days and you do do a couple of them here and there. And that's like, that's a threshold, you know, doing that every day, maybe gets a bit more laborious, but, um, it's, it's fun and it's free and it's, um, you know, it's just, it's just a relationship with the, with the audience, which is, you know, allegedly why we want to make films in the first place. With the audience and and with uh, and with yourself, as you were saying, yeah. and, and 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 it's and the, the I think the the biggest thing is to keep in mind, as you said, like why why are you doing this web series or what? Like you cannot have the same expectation for every uh, project mm -hmm. you're having because each like if you're going to do uh, videos on Instagram. Is it to build an audience or is it just to uh, stay accountable because you have a very small following and and uh, you, you like there is a real power in releasing what you're doing? Mm. It's very hard, I yeah. think, to, to do something every day and not showing it to anyone. There's no way you're going to keep doing it. It's, like, yeah. it's, it's impossible. Um, and uh, a web series, uh, but, but this is like... This is the hard point. Like, on one hand, you want to be free and you want to create something just because you want to create something and you want to try and you want to learn and you want to grow. On the other hand, you need to share it with people because otherwise you don't have this 
I don't know, there is an energy that comes out of sharing what you're doing and people responding. But when you're very diverse like you or me and, you know, we, we keep on trying different medium and we just move forward quickly. I mean, you may be faster than me, but, you know, we try to move forward quickly. It's, it's sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's hard because uh, it's hard for people to keep up. It's hard uh, to have a an homogeneity in the body of work right, in right. terms of uh, i don't know it's uh there's, all also, stuff, you know? yeah. there's also the factor you were saying before which is uh with the some of your your projects where you get the feeling like oh this has given me what i needed or i've gotten what i was going to get out of this and now it's over um and yeah it's a sustainable you know it's a sense a sustainability issue uh or question it's um you know an energy like where do we put our energy kind of thing and i know we'll get to this in a little bit i know you're working on your first feature so you know having just been through that i i can relate to the the uh sheer like size of that kind of an endeavor and how how much energy it just pulls (laughs) uh on a daily basis to the point where it's just like i don't i don't have enough I don't have enough for you today. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, but and and you finished it. I'm just at step one, but uh, <laughs> the step one is lasting a long time with me. Um, That's okay. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, I don't know. I find it so fascinating. Like when I wrote this screenplay that uh, I'm, I'm I'm is in development, as we say right now, which means it's not in pre-production, but it's in active pre-production. So we're trying to. Uh, find co-producers and uh, you know thinking about cast etc and and finding funds because it's not something that can be uh, self uh, funded mm-hmm. um, I didn't think that I would be making this film as my first feature film and right now I still don't know if it's going to become my first feature film but I was more in the idea of doing like what you did mm-hmm. with uh, the video blog which is something where it's it you need people's help because you, you, you went into crowdfunding, but it's, you still managed to write something at a level where you could do it pretty quickly. You moved super fast. Right. And, um, and so I am, I'm more like you in this type of uh, regard. And right now it's been a year now. On, 20, on December 24th, it would be a year that my producer told me she wanted to be on board as a producer. Mm-hmm. And so, and before that, I had already started a year before that writing the screenplay. So I've never been working on the same project for so long yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and still being so far from seeing the, you know, the end of it. I mean, maybe it's going to be in 2017, but maybe not. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it can be a long, it can be a long journey. Um, yeah, and you know it, but you still don't believe it. You know, you know it's long, but when you're in it, you're like, ah, it's really long. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know if I talked about this on the show before, but there was, you know, Rebecca and I were positioning a different project to be our first feature, and uh, before we made the video blogs, and we were looking at it. I, th- I think I might have discussed this before, but we were looking at it, and even the low budget um, to crowdfund was more than we thought that we could put together, or. Um, to put together the full amount with other funding sources over time was more time than um, we wanted to spend like getting money together. Um, And so I wrote, you know, the video blogs was kind of a blessing in that it just kind of occurred to me to write the story and it kind of came out of the ether, so to speak. But um, once it did, it it became very clear that it was at least doable uh, in terms of just like, saying we're going to make it and we're going to find out how and here's how much we can probably get and so that's what we'll shoot it on and we'll just like figure it out along the way um and uh you know that other that other project that other project is 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 pretty much gone now because it's so similar Mm. um that and i've grown as a writer so it's just like it, it was the way that it had to go um and and then i was developing something else uh that just kind of went way further than I thought it was going to in terms of the scope of the story. And I'm starting to think, oh, you know, we have to raise a couple million dollars now. And I was just like, and I just got exhausted and wrote something else that's small. So like, (laughs) um, I think it's a dance. And um, as long as we're just like doing our best um, and what I'm working on right now is like patience and trust and like whatever is like 
supposed to work out will work out as long as I keep showing up every day. That's the only aspect that I can control is showing up every day, mm. taking some action. So I think you're, it seems, you know, well, we can get into this in a minute, but, um, I know you're doing plenty of, um, communication and updates with the, um, the film log and, and your, on your site to kind of take people along with your journey, which is a real service. But, um, I think it's really, that's really all we can do on any given day is to like, what can I do today to try to move the project forward and then start over again tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. I came to think that, uh, I mean, there are very pain, painful moments and that's fine. That's part of the game. But, um, I think also at some point you really need to ask yourself, you know, what is driving you to do this and does it, you know, is it fulfilling even if it fails? Like, mm -hmm. and but when I use the word failing is, you know, the way social standards are saying failing. So, oh, you made your first feature, but you didn't go into any big uh, festivals or you, you fail at making your first feature. Basically, when I am... Um, so just for the people listening, uh, the day I learned that I had a producer, I decided to start uh, a film log uh, on YouTube, kind of journaling the process of trying to make this film. And in a way, sometimes it, it was great because it pushed me to, once again, being accountable. I have to tell something, so I need to work to be able to tell something about this project. And on the other hand, it's also uh, a public admission if it doesn't work. But it's, I think it, it's a great training for me because it makes you uh, realize that you're not important and uh, people don't care, no, really. Um, and it's good, you know, people don't care. Maybe there's one person who, if you fail, is going to care enough to be happy for about you failing, but that's about it. People don't care. But it's hard. It's hard because you want to be, you want to... I don't know. Uh, I don't. I'm not super ambitious in terms of competitivity and this type of stuff. But you always want to be able to tell to people, you know, I put my heart and my blood and my sweat in this thing, and and the world responded. Yeah. So and because today we are in this in this life where, you know, before I just finished rereading Just Kids from Patti Smith. I don't know if you've read it. I haven't read it. Um, I uh, I know a lot of people really like it. It's, it's amazing. I love this book. I read it um, uh, first time six years ago when I was living in Los Angeles and, and now again. And um, and I realized that the scale was so different. You know, they were, if three people, they were never thinking about growing an audience or about how many people would be touched by their work. Like they were just trying to be artists Right. And for them, they were never judging the value of their work based on how many people were responding because they were living in a non-digital world. So by defect, there was as, you know only the number of people who were physically present could see their work. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's just the way it is. And, um, and so it's so interesting how today it's very hard to think about your work and the impact you have. If so, if 1,000 people read an article or something I make, uh, you know, it's huge at the end of the day, 1,000 people. I don't think I know 1,000 people in real life. Mm -hmm. But it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make the, 10, the, the 1 million, the Vimeo staff peak, or the award, or you know, there are all these new gatekeepers. The new gatekeeper is the Vimeo staff pick. You want to have it to to put it. Basically. Yeah, yep, that's true. Um, so maybe that's a good segue uh, to talk about uh, Mentorless. Mm -hmm. um, can you kind of, um, for anyone unfamiliar, uh, can you can you um, maybe tell people what it you know what it's about and your motivations for for running the site and kind of talk about your journey with yeah sure uh, so mentorless.com is a website i created in uh, 2011 uh, back then i was uh, so i'm french if by my accent you couldn't tell uh, <laughs> and i was living in los angeles so I, I lived in los angeles from 2008 to 2012 and few months before leaving los angeles i didn't know i was living back then but I just uh, discovered this, uh, what was then a, a small blog, No Film School, 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with the, this massive website right now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, it was just this guy, Ryan Koo, and he was writing an article a day, and I was learning a lot, and, and I was like, I want to do the same. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. So I decided to do that, but right. it just felt great. Yeah. And and um, because I was in Los Angeles, I was just taking night classes. I never had the budget to go to a film school. Film school, mm-hmm. let's say. And uh, I was always frustrated about the just a general um, atmosphere around film learning, always the same references, always the same uh, masters, always the same. Um, I just wanted to see something different. Um, and, uh, and so I decided that I would use this website, this blog, to curate what I found interesting and help me grow as a filmmaker. Um, and, and it turned out that a few months later, I had to leave uh, America, and, uh, and I continued doing it. And little by little, I, I built uh, an audience and readers. And it's, I, used to, I started with one article per day in 2011. After six months, I think I went into burnout. And uh, then I, 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 I lowered to three per week. And now it's more, at least one per week. But um, the newsletter has changed a lot. I have a lot of, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a lot, once again, but uh, I have a good community of people who are reading this newsletter. There's over 12,000 people. Yeah, and, uh, and, um, and so I've, I've been morphing the format. So it's not just about filmmaking, but it's more about storytelling at large, and it can go from, you know, a book I read I love or an article I read that I find super interesting or a video. It's not just some, it doesn't always, most of the time it doesn't redirect you to my website, basically. There's maybe one link or two links that right. redirects you to my website and the rest is more interesting stuff that helped me be inspired, grow, be creative, I don't know. Right. And, uh, and uh, this, is, uh, this was probably the best uh, idea I had um, for myself, I think, as a, as a creative, because it really helped me when I left Los Angeles. So I, 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 you know, the thing is that you cross uh, oceans, basically, and you, I, I went back to France where I had no network about filmmaking. Right. And then after I moved to Istanbul, actually. And basically, the, this website helped me build a community, you know, wherever I am. Virtually. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, for the last five, like I just recently settled in a town in France. Uh, I mean, settled. Have, I have an apartment because I'm not often here. But uh, for the last five years, I didn't have an apartment. So after I left Los Angeles, I was just a nomad. And, and thanks to the website, you know, it didn't matter. I could still meet with people who were filmmakers. I did meetups in London mm. and one in Paris. I met with filmmakers just because they were reading my website. Yeah. And um, and this is uh, and this is like for a filmmaker. I think it's a great way to think like an entrepreneur. And this is this is a big skill when you tr- you're trying to make films. I think thinking like an entrepreneur, being yeah. you know taking decisions, being creative in finding solutions and so yeah this website has been a great learning uh, tool for me yeah um yeah it's i i obviously enjoy it um you know i've i'm on it all the time i'm on your newsletter i've written a guest post it's a really yes. great resource you're doing um you're doing a, a good service uh, for people as well so i thank you for that and i'm sure um, that people uh, coming on over from this to go check it out will be um we'll get a lot of great stuff from it so everybody go do that um, <laughs> uh, actually this was one of my questions and you just mentioned it so uh can you speak a little bit to the um uh, on the flip side the power or your what you've learned um in terms of the efficacy or how it's helped you to, to meet people in person to organize meetups or to go places because right now you're going places and pitching your project as well so um, you know, it's something uh, we were talking before we started about uh, Tim Ferriss. It's a point that he he makes regularly and made recently in, in his newsletter. Um, and I've seen it work for me as well. I'm very much like a one-on-one, like, let's meet for coffee or drinks kind of guy. 
Um, but I've gone to, you know, events and stuff too. So I, I'd love to hear your perspective on, on that. Um, I wish I could do more events. I, I did. The, so the website was, uh, I'm an introvert. So for me, the website was a great way for a long, 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 long time to meet with people without having to meet with people. Yeah, I hear you. And so <laughs> uh, this was good for me, very good for me. And it helped me. Uh, I really, I really build, I mean, we met through the internet at the end of the day, you and I, you're in New York, I'm in France, and this is just the magic of, and we met because I had this website and with Edwin and everybody, everything else, but it's just, this website was a great way for me to build my uh, skills, uh, my extrovert skills, I guess, and also to, to have a card. So at some point I could just reach out or somebody would reach out to me because I had this website mm-hmm. and and I, I had an opportunity to go to London in 2014 and most because I write in English most of my readers are based I mean most of them are based in America but uh, I also have a, a good readership in in uh, in England and in Australia and New Zealand and I was like let me try you know let me try I'm just going to send an email and tell to people I'm going to have beers at this pub if you want to join it would be great and there were um six we were 16 so this was very like this was a great surprise for me and that's when i realized that the power like virtual relationships are great Mm -hmm. but there's something like real relationships seeing people in person being able to put a face and um uh, it, it's different. There's no, like, at some point you need to transform these uh, virtual relationships into real meetings. Um, and I, I, so I did another one in Paris a few months later, and I did I did an, a second one in London the, the year after because Rendance uh, uh, asked me to write a, a guest post for their catalog nice. that year for their festival, and they, they just, you know, they said, you know, they gave me a pass to go to the festival, so... I, I went and um, typically something that only happened because I have a website, right. uh, not because of my body of work. And, uh, and, and this was great. I have not been able to do any new meetups and I, uh, I'm, I haven't been to America for the last three years and I really want to go to New York and Los Angeles and, and throw a meetup there. But uh, so meeting people in real life and, and when I, I've been to several events this year for my feature film, so I've been to Cannes and I've been to Locarno. We were selected for pitching program and we were selected for a pitching program in Antalya in Turkey because the feature film uh, takes place in Istanbul. And having a website was also a big plus. Like people genuinely, so if, if people are not familiar with this type of events, you have a lot of uh, meetings with people, business meetings with different producers, distributors, sales agents, and they all meet you because they're looking for projects, they want to kind of know what's happening. So that's where you, you realize there's this also, like that's when you realize that there's all these little words that are moving, right? And when you're outside of them, you're outside of this big play. Like there are all these people flying all over the world to go to events and hear about future projects and maybe keep an eye on you. It's pretty interesting when you think about it. Yeah, and all of them are talking to each other like in the intervening space. And they all know each other. Yeah. I mean, it's a very small community. And and um, and so the the vlog, me doing uh, YouTube, uh, me doing YouTube videos, and me having a website and being proactive about. Uh, I mean, back then I didn't do it to build a community, but this is what people, you know, uh, pay attention to. Sure. Really, the massive plus. Um, it certainly helps compensate for someone like me who is trying to make her first feature film. Yeah. You know, if I already had a couple of feature films, it maybe not, but right now that's a plus for someone who doesn't have much on her resume in terms of feature. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about, um, what you've learned so far and where you're at and, and the work you've put into the, to in five years? Um, sure, with pleasure. I mean, I've learned, I've learned, I've learned a lot of stuff, but I think one of the big thing I learned was definitely that it's more about being an entrepreneur than being a, 
an artist. I mean, there's there's a moment where you need to be an artist when you're writing your screenplay and when you're working on the pre-production. Right. But all the time in between, where you're trying to get people on board, when you're trying to convey your passion about your movie, when you're trying to convince people to give you, uh, you know, am- amounts of money that are high for normal people for a two-hour or one-and-a-half-hour movie. Yeah. Uh, you need to have this type of mythical faith that, oh, yeah, 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 you know, it's awesome and it's, it needs to be told and people need to watch it. And, you know, and this is very much like the guy who's starting a startup and uh, yeah. about, uh, I don't know, uh, dog poo to make tea. I mean, you know. Uh, they, no, wait, can you, it comes can you from rewind something. for a second? What about dog poo and tea? <laughs> No, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, there are some startups or some apps. When you look at the amount of time and risk and energy uh, without safety net that these people are putting, you know, into right. doing it, yeah. you, you feel like, you know, what, whatever is driving them is from another world. And, okay. and I feel the same with filmmaking. Like when you think about it, especially in 2016, there are so many different ways you can spend two hours. Why are you putting three, five years of your life into trying to make a story that lasts two hours? Yeah, you have to have an answer to that question, I think. Uh, really? Go for it. No, I said, I think, I think we have to have an answer to uh, that question. Uh, ah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's just, uh, so I learned that. I learned that uh, it's, um, you really need to be your first believer and uh, you need to, um, I, I mean, I also discovered all these aspects I mentioned about about this because this is not an it's an indie film in terms of studios, but it's not an indie film in terms of uh, you and me like we're taking twenty thousand dollars and we're making a movie. It's right. it's it's a higher so it needs people, it needs producers, it needs uh, real uh, cash. So I, di- I I I I entered a little bit into this world of film film events yeah these places where people are meeting and pitching and having uh uh events and having business breakfast meetings and all these things and this is uh i mean it's amazing and it's just the tip of the iceberg because i haven't been to sundance lab or right. but you know it really made me realize how much of a uh it's a web and uh it's uh, you must get in basically. Yeah, you must get yeah. in. Yeah, I'm doing that. Um, I'm going through the same thing right now with the the new film that um, that I'm we're starting in on, uh, which is the first time I've said that publicly. But uh, it's the same thing where like it, it's it needs some money. Um, it's going to take probably take more time. Like I'm fully prepared to be where you are now and be like it's been a uh-huh. year. It's been two years, <laughs> and. Um, and uh it's it's really been about like i'm trying to do it a little bit more uh local um because i'm in new york but um you know i'm starting to save up for my annual trip to los angeles hopefully because i'm starting to try to go once a year and it's it it could take i could be a year from now or several months from now going to la and having some traction or no traction and being in the same place that i am now but it goes back to what we're saying before like daily on a daily basis what can we do we do that and we just hope for the best and um i'm starting to see the same thing it's 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 uh set a meeting with this person tell them um uh about the project expressed express interest or gauge interest in working with them on one aspect set a meeting with another person for a separate aspect maybe fill them in on certain parts of the other meeting and just like kind of dashing around town with the script being done really only working on business and on trying to find collaborators uh on the in the on the production side and on the financial side that are going to uh believe in the artistic um piece of it but bring a lot of their talents and resources to um to the execution which is which is much more complicated um or just a, a bigger task um or a different, you know, breed of, of tasks than, you know, what we've done previously, which is the, you know, the micro budget, um, feature shot like gorilla style. It's, it's definitely a, a different beast and it's, it requires, um, a lot of patience, which is not 
like if you listed if i were to list um the qualities that i possess that a human being as a human being patience patience would not be in the top 50 i have the same trouble <laughs> yeah but it's it's a very uh humbling process for sure and i i think this is why this, is, this ties back to what we were saying before it's like in a way, I'm at peace with whatever happened with this project because I, it's such a lesson for me. Every day, it's a lesson. Like today, I literally finished. Uh, actually, uh, my producer doesn't even know that. By the time she listens to this podcast, she should know it. I finished the rewrite. Uh, it's been four months that I'm supposed to do a rewrite, and I, it's been just very, very hard and painful. And I've done it, and I already know the reason why I'm not joyful is because I already know I need to rewrite this rewrite. Like I was writing and I was, because it's completely different. Like I, I made a lot of changes. It's basically, I wrote a new screenplay with the same characters, but I wrote a new screenplay. I went to a parallel universe in terms of telling this story. And every day I was like, I, you, you need to do it. There is no other way. Like if you don't write it, nothing can happen. You know, it's not good, but you still need to write it. So, you know, and it's just, this is hard. This is hard. Yeah, Being well, we patient don't know it's not yourself. good because no one else has read it, but. Well. <laughs> no, but you know, you, you are at least, you're right. Let's say like, you know, it can be so much better. I think it's different. Like, you know, you, you have this scene and you know this scene has potential and you're writing the easiest version of this scene because it's so painful. I, I discovered I'm not a writer also in this during this uh, process, I think. Right, yeah, like, to kind of writing, switch back over, yeah. Writing is one of the hardest for me, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, not, it's rewriting. Like, what I consider real writers are the writers who take their writing and then they are... They have this ability to go back and edit and edit and edit and this is like my seventh draft of a feature film and i've never spent so much time working on a yeah i usually find between six and eight drafts is when it when it's done good i so hope you're, you're right you're close. Yeah, exactly. That's for me. That's for me but. <laughs> I'm either closer, a little bit behind right now. I could have been done at the sixth draft. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so uh, this might tie back into something we were talking about before, but what do you do on a daily basis to kind of keep the faith and also to keep your artist fed while all that is taking so long? Mm. Yeah, so... The one thing I do, the, there is one thing I do on a daily basis is meditating. Mm -hmm. That's the, that the only habit that, uh, that has ever stuck with me and that I feel is really, really uh, helping me out. Uh, so that's one thing I do every morning, 10 minutes, not a lot, but 10 minutes every morning. Yeah, that's what I do. And I, I do feel that this is really, um, uh, helping me in many many ways creativity and health uh, and uh, peace of mind included so this is helping me a lot to create space like basically you have this bag of time and thanks to meditation my mind is clearer so i find more time to make stuff and for me one of the big things to I need to create. This is one of the things. I need to make stuff. It's uh, This is why this process is very hard for me because there's nothing. Like, there's nothing I can show you. It's probably why I started this film log because I need to, to produce something out of me so i try to i try to keep on creating um i have this uh, patreon like you i have a patreon uh, page um i have a, a i have a creative partner she's my creative producer on my feature film but we're also um creating drawings and uh, stories and whatever we're both story fabricators so we, we're open she's a writer I'm, I'm not but we, we kind of um we are a good team because we have different strengths and one of the things is that we have people supporting us but they're not supporting my feature film or they're not supporting design they're supporting both of us mm -hmm. so this is great for me because it, it for instance i have to make sure I'm producing something for them 
I can give them updates uh, other than just yeah. the feature. Even though they don't ask for anything, by the way, it's not like people are complaining or whatever, but you want to, you know, you want to yeah. uh, show your diversity. And um, so, yes, a lot of small projects, a lot of, uh, um, I mean, th that's one of my defects probably is that I have way too many eggs in my basket. Uh, I'm trying to reduce this number of eggs right now. Yeah. So yeah, what I do, uh, what I do is that I always have 15 balls in the air <laughs> and I think it costs a little bit uh, for the feature film, but uh, at the same time, that's what keeps me sane. So yeah. Yeah. Another balancing act, right? Exactly. Okay, um, so a couple more questions uh, before we before we close out. Um, what uh, you know, what what would you? Um, what is something that a creative person listening could do in an hour or less uh, to exponentially move forward in their project or career? So they finish listening to this and they they're inspired, and what can they do in an hour to make some progress? Mm, I think that in an hour and that's it at the end of the hour it's over yeah I mean I, I I'm going to I'm going to tweak your your uh, your, your question uh, because, <laughs> because the thing is that I, I believe in repetition um, I think that uh, there's nothing you can do once and that is going to have a huge impact on anything you're doing mm -hmm. uh, besides killing yourself. Uh, you know, that's the only thing I can think nobody, of. That, nobody do uh, that. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Uh, and, uh, but you know what I mean? It's, it's like, I, so I have a company with my brother and we are doing this, um, because my second passion in life is to help people, uh, to empower people to reconnect with their creativity. So that's something I feel super strong about. And one of the, and we have this one hour program daily for seven days, but in this one hour, we're making people do a lot of different stuff. And actually they can use their time and spread it These 60 minutes. They can spread it whenever they want during their day. So I think it's better to take 15 minutes. What I would say to people is if they're listening, dedicate 15 minutes per day for seven days, for seven days in a row to create something. And you can decide that it's a picture, you can decide that it's a small comic strip, you can decide that it's a, a video, and you just spend 50, or write something for 15 minutes, and at the end of the 15 minutes, you know, try to stop and just do it seven days in a row. It's very hard, it's very hard, hard to implement um, uh, this type of uh, habit. Even in seven days, you might have a hard time to find 15 minutes to dedicate to your creativity. Yeah. And if that's the case, um, then you, you have a lot of questions you can ask yourself. Why am I not finding 15 minutes per day? Is this something I really want to do? Right. Or uh, I realize that I want to spend one hour per day on it. Maybe I should continue for another seven days. Or, you know, maybe this medium is not right for me. So instead of, it's not a business tip, obviously, but uh, for creativity, I would say give yourself 15 minutes. And if you don't find ways to give yourself 15 minutes, ask yourself why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's good advice. So my last, my last question was going to be, you know, if there were any pieces of uh, general parting advice you wanted to give people, but I don't know. I don't know. If, that sounds uh, like one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. if go, that, go that far. Yeah, but I, I think in, on the business side, if you want, I can, I can give a, yeah, a, go for it. That was more the creative side. And, and then on the, when I say business, it's, uh, more in terms of long-term building career, and I, I think you'll, you'll agree with me. If you're an artist or a creative, or just if you have a desire to be a leader, whatever is your field, but you just want to voice thoughts and, and, and have people listen to you, I think having a newsletter is an extremely important part of an artist's career. Uh, you, you can change, you can, uh, your career can evolve and maybe you, you started as a painter and then you'll do something else or just like you, you're writing, you're doing podcasts, you're making films, you know, but if you have a channel of people who are paying attention and it builds over time, it's, uh, I think today it's essential. 
that's one thing. And, and, and I, I keep telling it to people and people don't do it because it's hard. It takes a lot of work and it can be discouraging because the numbers don't go that, don't go up easily. It's not, uh, there's no miracle. Yeah. Uh, there's reasons why I got 12,000 people and, uh, you know, uh, I did stuff to get yeah. this number. Yeah. Over so, years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, but, but yeah, so that's, that would be my main, like my advice is don't just think about what you're creating. Think also how you can, uh, you know, build relationship with people outside of social media, because if tomorrow Twitter closes for X or Y reason, all these people you've spent years trying to get to follow you or whatever, you don't have any contact with them actually. Yeah. You don't have emails. You cannot reach out to them. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a good point. I would add that, um, uh, going back to what you said earlier about, um, when you, your newsletter now, you're, you're not, you're not putting out a whole lot of links to your site. It's something that I have been guilty of and maybe still am guilty of sometimes because sometimes I'll use my newsletter as, um, you know, just an update, which is okay. Like you can do that. Um, when I even went, but even when I do that, I, I write the note from the point of view of like, what would be, what is, what I think would be interesting to the people reading. It's like, it's not just that like I did this or this thing is out there that you can watch. It's like, here's why I did this. Um, or like, here's what moved me to, to do this. Or like, if you might be interested in this if, and, um, try to look at it from the point of view of like, why is it that you're creating what you're creating or why is it that you're doing what you're doing and writing from that place in the newsletter, not just because you need to get the numbers up or because yeah. you're, worried, you're worried about, um, you know, what so-and-so is doing. It's, and it's hard to remember sometimes cause it's a very natural impulse to, to look at the numbers and, and, and compare and despair. And, and, um, but it, it really, if it really is about that, um, and I'm trying to refresh this every day currently, but like, if it really is about that, those things that connect you to the art and like the reasons that you're doing that, then that has to kind of be the, the backbone of everything that you put out, including something like a newsletter and like maybe, you know, maybe not necessarily getting as granular as a tweet, but like I'm having days sometimes where I'm writing a tweet out of like sarcastic anger because like of the political climate here. And I just don't send it. Cause I'm just like, that's not helpful. That's not what I want to be doing right now. That's just bitter. And, um, and it, it takes practice to, 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 to do that and to implement it. And I think that uh, the newsletter is a very creative format. Uh, there's a lot that can be done with it. And, uh, and, and I found, I, I had many newsletters and the only one that uh, there's two of them that grew really, really well, the one for mentorless.com and the one for activate creativity, which is a, a creative program I'm doing with my brother. And those newsletters are um, exactly what you said. They are about me trying to think what what is what can I bring to people who are reading, and I know they came because they're interested in Jesus and that. So what can I offer them that will make their day interesting and not how can I uh, just inform people that I wrote this article or promote myself? And I and I and I I have my own website. And I actually de just decided to merge my newsletter of my own website onto mentorless.com because I'm having a hard time to, it's hard to, the, the one key with the newsletter is that it needs to be, um, it needs to come on a regular basis, whether it's once per month or once every week or whatever, it needs to stay that way. So people stick to it. Right. And when it's a personal website and you're doing your own newsletter on your personal website and you're not adding anything to it, the problem is that if you don't have updates, you don't update. And then at some point you have three updates in three days. So you update three times in three days and it's just chaos for people because, you know, it's like for them, it's just like, why are you overwhelming me right now? And um, so it, it's a, always, I think, uh, an active balance, I think is a good uh, sum up of everything in this world. Um, yeah, so the newsletter is a, is a fantastic tool, but tricky and that requires creativity for sure. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, well, this has been wonderful. Thank you. 
Um, Thank you. Other than uh, other than mentor lists, anywhere you want to send people if they're more interested, if they want to, you know, look into um, more of what you have going on. I mean, they can go on. Everything is pretty much under my own website, which is uh, nataliesejean.com. So, I mean, I can spell it out, or I don't know if you put links or yeah, put a link in because my, link in the my, blog post. Yeah, there is an H after the T. I mean, you know, this type of stuff. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, then Mentorless is my website about uh, storytelling, and the Activate Creative Program Creativity Program is also under Mentorless. So, between those two websites, you you'll have a pretty good uh, view of my universe i guess and you're on twitter for as long as it stays open and i'm on twitter for as long as i'm on twitter and on instagram under at mentorless until they decide to close i think i don't have a vine account anymore i'm not sure yeah i don't know i don't know what happened i think i had one, my one vine video it might be gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but that's this is uh when they google my clothes what can we do lost to posterity Okay, um, well, thank you. Thank you very much, Michael.